Hello and welcome to another episode of the PD Performance Podcast. A solo episode for you guys today and I was racking my brain over the last few days on what I would speak about and today I think I'm going to talk about the importance of doing good work as a coach, as a practitioner. It's something that I I take pride in anyway and I think a lot of us should take pride in because Look, I've debated it on the podcast previously, obviously, that uh, I tie a lot of my self-worth to how I do professionally and to my job. And I know that's not for everybody. And I know that it's not exactly healthy when it gets to a point. And I've got better at setting boundaries and valuing other parts of my life. But at the same time, everything that I do, I like to do well. And I think that most of us, get a bit of gratification out of doing things well. And I think that it is of benefit to you as a coach, as a practitioner, a physio, physical therapist, um, whatever you do, I think it's of real benefit to you to do good work and to take pride in your work and try to deliver the best quality service that you can. And that's something that I've been practicing for the last couple of years. And it was quite difficult initially when you're doing so much work and so much research and upskilling and all the rest of it and putting in the hours and it's not really turning for you. It's not really coming to fruition. But what I would say to you is if you're at that stage to persist with it, because I felt like for almost a year, I was banging my head against the wall trying to do the best that I possibly could, but ultimately not having huge success in doing so but it does turn eventually it's kind of like it's compounding returns and eventually it will come in it's a snowball effect as well so it can be really slow initially and then it'll just take off and it'll go really really well hopefully and it'll accelerate quicker than you could have imagined and that will happen if you persist with it and you continually learn continually practice and continually put the best effort into what you're doing, but also refine the process and know that you don't know everything. Know where you are. I've had conversations with multiple coaches and I've I've spoken on the podcast about my mentorship process that I went through with Alan and the upskilling I did in that regard this year and then with Sam previously and Daniel previously and continually having conversations with really good practitioners like and really intelligent people like David Gray, who who provides some indirect guidance for me, um, who's great to have a conversation with. I was actually a guest on his podcast recently. That will probably be out by the time this comes out. And that was down actually as one of my goals for the year. I wanted to be a guest on the DGR podcast. And I hope, well, not that I hope, I, I would infer from him inviting me on as a guest and from him getting me to present to his his community on DGR Interactive, he trusts my judgment and he trusts the work that I am doing. And he trusts it because of the work that I've done in the last few years. Because when I met Dave initially, I was just after starting my gym. I was just back from Singapore. I was coaching. I was still figuring things out. I was still probably of the opinion exercises over... Exercises over actually analyzing movement in in great detail although i've always been kind of 
focused on the movement, but I probably mirrored like exercises with, okay, you're moving in this way. So I'm just going to give you this exercise. And if you execute this exercise, then you will attain the movement that I want. Whereas over time I realized, oh, actually people can uh, execute the same exercise variation with very different movement patterns. That's probably the stage I was at when I met him. And he wouldn't have trusted me then to present to his community, even though he didn't have the community and he didn't have the podcast but he wouldn't have potentially sought me out as a guest on the podcast nor would anybody else that's had me on as a guest because I wasn't an authority to speak on the topic because I was still learning and I am still learning now is what I say like and I'm always learning and I'm always refining and always trying to improve the service and what I'm doing and the quality of work that I do for my athletes and I think they do appreciate it And that's why people stay with you in the private space, because they see that you can deliver a higher quality of service than people in potentially a team setting, even though I do work in both a team and an individual setting. But in an individual setting, like I've had conversations with multiple athletes in the last few weeks, and sometimes they can get a bit frustrated about conversations with coaches that are working with them in teams in that They're like, oh, well, I need something slightly different, slightly more individualized, and they don't really have the time to take me through it. And I'm I'm there myself, like I'm with teams, multiple teams, and I don't have the time always to go in depth and in detail with an athlete and go through a full individualized program with them. And that's why we we mostly bucket our athletes into buckets and then give them some exercise variations appropriate to them off the back of that. But then I will take the time because I'm in the great position that I have good assistants and co-workers that I can let them deliver the majority of the session to the team. And then I will take one to two athletes and take them through their return to play or their rehab protocol in the gym or on the pitch. And that's what we've built, I guess. And that hasn't happened overnight. It ha- But I did when I was coming up and when I was learning over the last few years and getting to this stage and not that this is the end stage, we're still growing and we're still improving. And I I think we can achieve so much more and help way, way more people. And, and ultimately that might lead to more gratification or it might be just the same amount of gratification that I have now, but I want to do well at this because I take pride in it. But what I'm saying is when I started with the teams and started with the athletes, I put in, the little extras early on that helped to get them on side, see the quality of work that I was doing, see that I really did care as well, because I do care, and got them to buy into the program and then getting them to buy in and getting them to execute the program that they trusted me about and, and knew that I cared and knew that I was always upskilling and learning new things and always trying to improve. That ultimately help them to achieve success. And then I had success stories off the back of that, that I could go and say, well, I've worked with these people and they've achieved success and you have a similar profile and a similar issue. I think I could help you with that. And then ultimately that happens a lot, but then it turns out to be a slightly different issue. And then you have to do a little bit more learning because it's not a one size fits all all the time. And you need to do a little bit more biomechanical analysis and and look and try to improve your coaching eye. And through getting those reps in, you do improve your coaching eye. But only by setting aside the time to do the small little extras that the athletes really do appreciate. And I think there is a difference between this, but there is 
in the last while, and I've probably contributed to it as well, in that coaches sometimes and practitioners, they stop what they're doing at what they're paid to do. And that's it. And that's all I'm going to do because you're not going to pay me to do any more. Uh, so I'm not going to voluntarily do a little bit extra work. I'm just going to do what I'm paid for. And that's setting boundaries, which is fine. And I think boundaries are good. And if somebody's requesting you do something and not going to pay you for it, then that's the stand that you take. But at the same time, if you continually just do the bare minimum, that's all you're going to be paid for. You're not going to elevate yourself in the industry or elevate yourself to another role you probably need to do a little bit of the additional work that is unpaid that ultimately when I do it it actually doesn't take as much time as people think it will maybe the first time you do it it will but it's the Pomodoro effect isn't it the second time is slightly quicker the third time is way quicker and then the fourth time after that you're you're pretty much doing it um, unbeknownst to yourself it's a real non-obstruction to your day whatsoever and then it just becomes a habit and you keep doing it and then it's appreciated by the athletes you're working with and they see the standard of care you're delivering and then ultimately they tell other people because you have positive word of mouth and uh, you continually put good things out then on social media and you might have testimonials and you might have a podcast and you might talk about on the podcast and ultimately people see that oh they're doing some good work. Maybe they would be appropriate for me to work with. And then you get more leads, more people come talking to you. And not all of them are going to fit your service or your model, but you can pass them on to other people that are better qualified to work with them. But you find some really good people to work with that fit your service and that need your help. And then you look to help them and you do a good job at that. And then it just cascades and it keeps going. And that's how it works. But Only by doing the small little extra bits are you going to get there. So you've got to do a little bit more than other people are doing and a little bit of a higher quality service than other people are doing. And sure, you have to set boundaries. And I'm really good at setting boundaries now, like in terms of if somebody messages me outside of work hours, I gen generally aren't going to, i'm not going to respond until the next morning when i start working unless it's urgent or, or real easy for me to respond um and then at weekends i'll do the same and if people want to do extra work on the weekends i'll probably usually not at the moment because we're entering championship season but generally throughout the season i figured that if I take at least like one full day off and when one maybe half day work up to like 12 or whatever, um, that's enough for me to enter the next week fully recovered and ready to uh, ready and motivated to put real high quality work in. And if I don't get a full day off, I find that my energy for the following week is kind of compromised a little bit. So I figured that out over time. I used to work seven days a week, which was ridiculous. And then I, I've worked five days a week and five days is great. And with the two full days off, I do come back really recovered and motivated, but equally that just leads to me uh, working a little bit extra on one of the other days in the week. So I can choose myself whether I want to do one full day and one half day or one full day plus a little bit of overtime in terms of a few other hours of work, which 
might take me a little bit longer because I've done the full day's work or the next day, just do a few hours in the morning and get it finished. And to be honest, I've talked about it before. I wouldn't trade it like that's private employment. That's being self-employed. You have to do the small bits of extra work to give you the freedom in the rest of your life. And I think the trade off is fair at the moment for me in terms of what I'm doing. And I'm really proud of what we're delivering to our athletes. And I think they see the value in what we're doing. And like you can deliver a higher quality service as well if you have slightly less athletes. Because you can afford a little bit more time like I've gone up to where we train the pitch and, and the gym and I've done two hour sessions with people and we've done our prep work we've gone out to the, the pitch we've done the pitch work then we've come in and we've done a gym session after and if I was doing like I was when I was PT and if I was doing like eight people in a day I wouldn't have that time to give them the extra effort whereas now if I do one, two, three in-person sessions in a day, I can still give them an hour and a half to two hours. And then I have my team session in the evening and I'm still energized and ready to do it. And I feel like I'm getting good return and they're getting good results. And I suppose I've had to get there, but I've only got there from putting the effort in to put good stuff out, put good work together and really genuinely do put my best effort in to help people. And as I've said, you figure out as you go, you learn a lot, but you figure out who is going to meet you halfway with that extra effort. And if people don't want that extra effort, then you can't force it on them as well. You get much more attuned to delivering the quality of service that people are capable of and not placing your goals on them and your what you want for them on them, letting them decide what they want and what they need and then guiding them towards it. And you get better at that as time goes on and you get more in demand as well, which leads to more people being interested because you're delivering the good work. So I think like if you do the bare minimum, which is maybe just showing up, putting the work in there, giving them the exercises and that's it, not sending them any videos, not sending them any feedback, not recording them, doing the detail orientated stuff, not putting together a program for them not testing them and telling them where they're at at one stage and then retesting them and testing them again down the line and saying why that is sending away for some sort of analysis like with view motion like that we do when it's needed or necessary and genuinely looking to help them in the best possible way that you can and delivering the best quality service then i don't think you're going to ever elevate yourself above what you're doing now because you're constantly going to have more people to see with that standard of care. And you're constantly going to have people in and out of your service. And they may not be likely to come back and work with you in the future or tell their friends and tell their family or, or get referrals. I think in order to elevate yourself in the industry, from what I found, you just need to put together really good work and then take pride in other things as well that you're putting out, like the content we put out, like I'm very proud of the content that we put out i try to put out really good stuff stuff that gets people thinking stuff that gets people out thinking outside the box slightly gives them a new viewpoint uh it used to be maybe less of it now but used to be putting out stuff to make them laugh um maybe i should get back to that as well maybe i've gone too serious but i don't think my athletes would say that um yeah giving them a different viewpoint on things and challenging their thinking 
and then helping people providing information that they wouldn't get anywhere else like and that's some feedback that one of my athletes gave me last week when we did an in-person he's like I think you've it's been great working with you and we found out loads but it's also kind of streamlined my focus because when I started there's so much stuff out there I didn't know what to look at and what to listen to and what to learn so you've pointed me in the direction of other people that you trust and that you think put out good stuff and now I kind of can see how you all kind of think in a similar way but that being said I'll also say that that's maybe our bias and you can consume things of other people's bias um, but realize there's not one size fits all but if you're going to work with me and work with us and work with people like us then it's of your benefit to understand the language that we use to be able to communicate in a certain way and improve your knowledge as well as improving your athleticism and that's something that I try to do with my athletes like if they ask questions and on like online check-ins and stuff, they're always like, oh, sorry, I have another question. I'm like, don't be saying sorry for having another question. Like the more questions you have, the better, really, because you're going to learn more and get more out of this. And you're actually going to understand how to implement this program to the best of your ability and with the best quality movement that you can. And then you're going to get better results out of it. So if an athlete comes to me and wants to ask loads of questions about things, that's a godsend, to be honest, because that means that they also care and that they're going to challenge me. And like that's conversations I've had in the last couple of weeks with inter-county athletes and what I've seen, they do ask you more in-depth questions and more in-detail questions than maybe the club level athlete would. And maybe they can afford to do so because they can worry more about the movement because their habits outside of their training and outside of the gym are inter-county level. So they're, they're dialed in in terms of their nutrition their sleep their recovery all that kind of stuff they just need to maybe get the guidance to try to move better and try a different sort of system and what i've said as well is it is very hard in a team setting to afford that uh, time to each individual athlete to give them what they need especially if you have 40 athletes in the inter-county setting like that's tough I am interrupting this podcast to let you guys know that I have three spaces available for August for online coaching or in our PD Performance Premium Coaching Group. We have had loads of athletes coming in in the last few months, which has been fantastic. Lots of them have come in from a return to play rehab perspective. Some of them have come in just to elevate their performance, improve their speed, their change of direction ability and get out of pain as well and they've been doing great things some of them getting ready for club championship season some of them still deep in the inter-county season which has been awesome some of them now transitioning from the inter-county season into the club season but we deliver the highest standard of care in snc and return to play that we possibly can specializing in improving game speed speed and change direction ability for gaa so if you think that that is the missing link in your performance and you want to take your performance to the next level don't hesitate to drop me a message if you want to grab one of those three remaining spaces for august in the online coaching group and if you're interested in in-person or hybrid coaching make sure to reach out as well now back to the podcast so it is okay to refer out to to people and i think the best practitioners trust other people and are okay referring out and having conversations and like i continually reach out to physios and uh, people that are working with my athletes and I say look if you want to jump on a call ever just let me know and I think there's kind of like there's a barrier there in that they think I'm going to tell them how to do their job and I'm never doing that 
as I've spoken about previously, if I'm working with a physio or a physical therapist or whoever, they I'm I'm looking to transition the athlete from their phase of injury and rehabilitation, which is the early acute stage, early to middle stage, through to like the late stage return to play phase as easily as possible, while still keeping in some of the stuff that they've been doing and understanding a little bit more about what they've been doing with the athlete and the athlete because they've been working with them in close conjunction for quite a long time. So I trust their judgment. And that's what I'm trying to do. It's all athlete centered. It's trying to provide the best quality care for the athlete in question. And I think if you really do care, you have to be open to having those conversations too. And it happens as well with uh, team coaches as well. I'll always say, well, look, tell your coach if he wants to jump on a call with me and we can chat about what he's doing. But then we can like absolutely um we can have a bit of a chin wag and i can provide what i think and he can talk about what he thinks and where his rationale is and i can maybe provide some guidance but they never really do but they always question their athletes on what their athletes are doing and then and what do you think about what we're doing here is that kind of aligned well just cut out the middleman jump on a call with me i'm happy to do so happy to help that's what i'm trying to do like that's the mission that we took on is to elevate the standards of SNC and the standard of care in SNC to GAA and uh, get it to a level where it's on par with other sports because these are national games and watching the hurling and going to watch the football at the weekend, like they should be getting eyes on it and the players should be getting treated as pro athletes <laughs> pretty much. Like even though they're amateur athletes, I want to deliver a professional standard of care to these athletes because they are elite at the end of the day. They're elite. So they deserve the same quality care that footballers are getting as in soccer players rugby players all the rest of it and they're willing to buy into it and they they want and need it because it's such an integral part of their identity what i find with ga players that it's real intrinsic they're doing it just for themselves for their parish for their family for their club for their county and that's what they want to do it for whereas when you go to pro sport and i've worked with professional athletes sometimes there can be like a little bit more extrinsic motivated motivation as i've seen like monetary value looking for money looking to go from this team to the next team get up this the the ladder in terms of going from league to the league above and there's nothing wrong with that because it's their profession but i find it a lot easier to work with the gaa athletes i think because a lot of the time you don't need to motivate them. You need to just protect them from themselves and you need to pull them back a little bit and maybe give them the information that they're missing. And as I've said previously, if I said to a number of my athletes, if I said jump, they would say how high, like it's literally like they're so grateful to get that standard of care and that information that they'll buy into it a lot easier. You don't have to put in as much kind of um what would you say even an information kind of communication um challenge like there's less disagreements and even if there is a disagreement you can present your opinion they present theirs and then you can have a chat about it um and i think that's probably the value in in your process going out and learning more like i'm continually learning i set aside as I said on the DGR podcast, uh, uh, at least 30 minutes per day. Sometimes it's 15, actually, <laughs> like 15 to 30 minutes is what I meant to say. 
per day to do a little bit of learning. And that's what Dave's trying to do with DGR Interactive. And I'm still going over content from Alan's mentorship and I go over content on YouTube and there's so much information out there. You'd be mad not to consume it. And I think it leads to a more rational perspective as well, because you become less in a vacuum. You see that there's different ways of doing things and you take things from one practitioner and take things from another and take things from another and you put them together into your system and process to improve your process. So I don't think that's too much to ask, especially if you're passionate about it to do 15, 20, 30 minutes um, per day. And I think it's important as well to consume what your athletes are consuming from time to time too, even if you don't agree with it, just so you know what they're consuming. And just so you can point to what you agree with in that um, content and what you maybe disagree or have a different opinion about. And then you can have a discussion about that. Um, but yeah, that like that is the importance of doing good work. And I think it does pay off in time. I think it's just about learning continually improving be that in your coaching process be that in your communication be that in your system be that in whatever sports science kind of utilities you have at your disposal understanding how to implement them understanding what you need and what you don't improving in terms of your information and like your reading of the literature and research networking talking to loads of other coaches about different things and improving in that regard and then from a private perspective, improving on social media and what you're putting out, improving in podcasting and communication on that, improving in the content delivery that you're putting out. And then from a professional perspective, improving as an employer, improving from a business side of your marketing, improving from uh, a perspective of looking at revenue, a perspective of what you're going to invest in to improve and elevate the service. And the best way to improve in all these regards, as, as I'm saying, you need to seek out the information and attempt to learn, but the best way of improving is by doing. So if you're reluctant and you're thinking, oh, I'll never be able to get there and I'll never be able to learn all those things and I'm not interested, then you likely won't. But you're going to learn the most in the first, I think Alex Hermosi says, the first 20 hours of work, that's when the most work gets done. So if you're putting off something and procrastinating, like I probably was with this podcast a little bit, just sit down and do it. And now look, it's been 25 minutes or whatever, and the podcast is recorded and hopefully there's some value in there for people. And I think it will get people thinking and it'll get coaches thinking, and it'll get athletes thinking as well, because it does apply to athletes and it applies to business people and people working for themselves. So hopefully there was some value in there for you guys. I hope you did enjoy it. And if you did enjoy it, please remember to like it, share it, and send it. This podcast was brought to you by Output Sports. Output Sports make athlete testing and monitoring simple, portable, and efficient. Their single sensor tool enables the measurement of over 160 exercises spanning agility, speed, power, mobility, reactive strength, and more. I've been using Output Sports technology with my athletes for the last couple of years and I would recommend them to any strength and conditioning coaches, any physiotherapists or any practitioners looking to level up their quality of service. Contact Output Sports today if you're interested in doing so.